from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. All right, Luke, we are back in the studio, man. How does it feel? Uh our, our listeners are not going to know this, but we have not recorded a podcast for about a month because we tend to record these a little bit early. But yes, we do. You were away for I've the entire I've been traveling last month. like for the past week. I just got, well, really for the month. past month, yeah. but the past week I've been out of the office in Costa Rica. And I got the opportunity to, you know, it's kind of like a mastermind group. So I'm connected with a bunch of business owners in the Philadelphia area. I'm part of a network called YPO. So we, you, you do a retreat. So sounds every horrible. Year, no, yeah, it's, sounds, it's sounds like the worst. But it's amazing <laughs> to get around people that are like-minded in energy level, but like-minded in standards and like-minded in drive and intensity. Mm. And it is just so powerful because when you get around people, you truly are the sum of the six people that you hang out right. with or, or that type of idea. But it is something that is like, if you are not vibrating at a high frequency right now, one of the best things you can do is check the people that you're hanging out with. Meaning, who are you hanging out with? Like, who are the friends that you're around? And it's so sad sometimes because the people who love you so much, they're not the best <laughs> people to hang around with. Like, you think you're like your, your parents or like uh, something. Like, you got to cut the people out of your life. Not out of your life totally. But right. when it you, comes to like the – and especially the advice Assessing you take, where you're spending your time. Where right. you're spending, you're spending your, your time yeah, with. Correct. So yeah. getting around people at a higher frequency level that vibrate it, with intensity. Constantly push you. Yeah. And it makes you go – well, one, it's encouraging because you realize you're not the only one with problems. Yeah. So I always say that when I go to YPO. That's like the standard thing I, I come back with. Like, Man, you should hear about their one. problems. I know. Geez. Okay. I'm not the only one with problems. I'm not the only one that has a bunch of issues going on. But so that's an encouragement thing. But then two is just, it's a reality check of going, yeah, yeah. What, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I? It almost gives you confidence. Well, I, I've come back. It's I've that temperature Ed so Milet many. talks about. Like yep. you're, you set the temperature for your life. And no matter if you're on a hot streak, you might be hot, but ultimately you're going to come back down. You'll if you're cold, down. you're going to do what it takes to get yourself back up. That just helps you. You can increase the temperature. You yep. just have to do it very consciously. And make that decision that you have been holding off in your mind right now, that you have been wrestling with forever, freaking make that decision and move. We function in so much fear. It is ridiculous. Mm. And the reality is it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah. And you deserve, you deserve better. You deserve better. And you're allowing yourself to, to not deserve better by holding on and not making those decisions. So I came back. I've already made a bunch <laughs> of decisions. My partner, Steve, is freaking out already. <laughs> he doesn't even know what's happening. Well, speaking of high energy people to be around, we know that this is going to be one of them. Today on the podcast, we have Amber Vilhauer. She is an online digital marketing expert who supports professionals on establishing a powerful integrated online presence that get results and empowers them to make a difference in their industry. Since starting her agency, NGNG Enterprises stands for No Guts, No Glory. In 2007, she has spent her career impacting her community and building strong strategic alliances with industry leaders and game changers across the web. Amber has supported more than 1,000 entrepreneurs on six continents to get results. Maybe Costa Rica. 
to get results. I know it's not a continent, but maybe. I, I love maybe. Costa Rica. It's the first time I went. She is the launch manager of dozens of number one best-selling books, including those for Mark Victor Hansen, Brendan Burchard, uh, Lisa Nichols, and Les Brown. Amber, thanks for being on Stay Paid. Welcome to the podcast. Dude, you guys, I'm so juiced to be here. It's like, <laughs> you guys are my people. <laughs> we are one. Yeah. <laughs> one of us. One of us. <laughs> I didn't know you had uh, Les Brown. That's awesome. I love Les Brown. He is so inspiring. So I love Les really Brown. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Every time I listen, I've heard his story so many times because he tends to give, obviously it's his life, right? Sure. So he tends to give the same story and same speech every time. It's inspiring. Mm -hmm. And that's how you know you got a good, good story, good message. I'm just blown away by the people that I get to talk to every day. Like this does not feel like work. This is not a job. I feel like the luckiest plant person on the planet right now. I really do. Authors are some of the greatest and most inspiring people and to launch their books and to support their message and to build them up, like, come on, how's it get better than that? That's amazing. Yeah. Doing what you love every single day. That's the dream of everybody. I always tell people too, is that it doesn't mean it won't feel like work sometimes, but it, it doesn't mean meaning like you'll love it. Like going oh, to the yeah. gym a lot of times feels like work, but I, I still love it. I right. still love going to the gym. So tell me. us about your, you know, kind of life story. I always like to ask people, give us the 30,000 foot view, the Cliff Notes version of, you know, what led you to where you're at today and what led you to this journey of helping people with content marketing, launching these books and your passion of connecting people. We talked about that a little bit before we came on the podcast. So give us kind of a Cliff Notes version of your journey. Sure. Thank you. I mean, growing up, I was very much in my older sister's shadow and she was like the popular one with all the friends and this great A student and Miss Teen Arizona. And I was not that. I was not very gregarious. Like I wasn't very social. And so I started to just kind of feel um, very small, right? I didn't really feel seen or heard in the world. Didn't have great social skills. I didn't have confidence in myself. And then I stumbled into a job selling knives. I don't know if you guys have heard of Cutco Cutlery. <laughs> yeah, oh, we have definitely have. I almost got a job with Cutco, <laughs> but I, I turned it down. And if oh. I <laughs> yeah, you would have been great. Um, so I started this job selling knives and I literally just did what they told me to do. Again, I had zero confidence or communication ability. And after my first weekend, I walked into the office and I was surrounded by applause. I thought, what is going on? It was uncomfortable for me, but it turns out that I actually ended up being one of the top sales reps out of my 100 person training class that weekend. Wow. And I thought, man, I'm just going to keep doing what they tell me to do because then it's going to work. And I love this feeling of being recognized and feeling seen and valued. And that just set me off on this crazy trajectory for success. Um, I finished the number two sales rep in my office that summer. I was promoted into management. And what you saw in the next five years that I was in that company, by the way, I started when I was 18, so wow. I was young, but it was like promotion, 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 nation, beating national records, number one in the country. Like it was just crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, and it's just, you know, looking back, it's so meaningful to me because here's somebody that had no confidence, that didn't feel seen in the world. And we can, when we can just see that person and give them a little bit of confidence and validation, who knows what they're capable of after that, mm. which then powers this whole belief of wanting to connect with people and to build them up. So it's no surprise that I'm like launching books and working with influencers today, but 
just as random as it was that I got this job selling knives of all things, about five years in, I kind of felt like I had gotten as much as I was going to get out of that opportunity. So I was looking for the next thing. And I was about 24-ish at this time. And I there was a local conference here in Denver that was teaching entrepreneurs how to get capital into their business and how to market online. Well, this was like 15 years ago. And, and back when like Google AdWords was brand new and nobody knew what blogging was and SEO. And I decided I was I came in to run that event. So I was like coordinating the speakers and the agendas and the lighting and the vendors and all the stuff. And that was my first introduction to the online world. And I thought, well, now this looks like a challenge. <laughs> and so literally I went home from that event. I taught myself code. I set up my own website. I started learning everything that I could about copywriting and conversion. And I was testing things and doing social media. And all of a sudden people started just coming to me saying, can you help me do the same thing? And I thought, sure. <laughs> And that's honestly how the company was born. It was not something I didn't write a 30 page business plan or have this like whole vision. It was very grassroots and organic. And over time, the word got out. And my business is very much powered by word of mouth, collaborations. People are seeing the amazing work that they're doing and they can't stop talking about it to others. It's great. So where did the name, the company name, uh, where did, what was that inspired by? No Guts, No I Glory. I thought you might like that. Yeah. <laughs> no Guts, No Glory. So I was trying to think of a company name and I didn't know what I was doing. I was young and, you know, just figuring and figuring out my way. But my mom used to say that phrase to me all the time growing up. Just remember, Amber, no guts, no glory. And I thought, well, cool. Like what better phrase to remember every day as I face through my fears. And then later you see it became something that was really important to my clients coming in. And so now everybody loves this idea of like, no guts, no glory. You're scared to death to record that podcast or turn on the video camera or do live streaming or publish that book or make that sales call like no guts, no glory. And yeah. um, so it's been, I've really appreciated that that's what it ended up becoming. Yeah, we've talked about that on past podcasts where it's like so many people don't get into content marketing or they don't want to do the video because they're scared or they've, wow. you know, no one wants to stare and look at the 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 black emptyless soul of a camera lens and try and like bring your real personality out. But it really it's is so like difficult. we've talked in, in the past. Um, I've had to kind of force myself to do this with the five second rule where it's like just count down from five and once you hit zero, like you have to do it. There's no turning <laughs> back at that point. You just commit to it and do it. So let's talk about, uh, I guess, about content marketing and kind yep. of um, how can like a service-based sales professional begin to use content marketing, start to develop content. And then I know you talk a lot about like repurposing content as well uh, across social media or other types of communication. So talk a little bit about that. Thank you. I definitely encourage everybody to use video, 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 video. People get so sick of me saying that, but that is the best way to make a personal connection in a digital landscape, right? Because people, we're highly intuitive beings and we make a lot of our decisions based on how we feel about things, whether mm -hmm. you're conscious of it or not. So if I'm watching a video of you, I'm reading you and, and you can't hide from that, right? And so I'm making these, these judgments, these assumptions, it's building up this intuition in me. So I'm a huge advocate of video and to overcome your fears of video and staring into the black emptiness of it, <laughs> I have a couple of quick tips. Um, one is that right before I get ready to record video, 
I just try to think of somebody really recently that like rocks my world. It's usually going to be a client that has a lot of high energy, fun to work with. I'm just having fun every time we have that conversation. That's who I'm thinking of. So I'll think, okay, Victoria, this one's for you. And I'll just hit record. And I'm only thinking about Victoria That's in that great. moment. Yeah. What a great tip. So now it's like I'm to take your your feeling, Luke. It's like you're you're getting your energy levels up in that moment. And then what happens is so cool. You start to attract in more Victorias because of the energy that you're putting out into that. And people are resonating and connecting with that. So it's really been a way that I've been able to attract in more of the right people. And the people that aren't a fit, they might look at me and think, she talks too fast or she's too smiley. I, just, I don't like that at all. They're just going to naturally. I don't want them on. anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I won't even know that that person watched the video or not. But the right people are just like, they are so excited to connect with That's me. That's great. And we'll move on into a sales call and they'll say, Amber, it feels like I already know you. And yet we haven't even spoken before. So video can be a great tool. That's one way to overcome it. But yes, the repurposing, I think it's just smart. And it, it was born out of necessity. As a business owner, you've got a million different things going on. So to try to reinvent the wheel and start from scratch every single time, it just doesn't make sense. It's not a good use of your time. And there's value in every single thing that you create. So even out of this podcast, you could be chopping that up into several different segments. In fact, I know that you do. And I think you have a really great Facebook channel. So everybody needs to go like your page if they haven't already. Um, <laughs> but you really can start to repurpose that into social media content that engages and attracts in the right kind of audience that you're looking to continue to build. So repurposing content, repurposing video. Um, do you have to, I mean, how do you do it? Do you have to hire a video editor? Are there tools you can use to do this on your own? Like what are the steps? Both. I mean, there's no wrong path. You have to do you. For me, I can't, like I'm a stickler for quality. Yeah. I'm not going to put something out there that isn't like of Amber's quality, right? Because that's a part of your reputation. So it does matter how you get this stuff done. For me, I mean, and I know a lot of business owners um, will be able to relate to this. You kind of think like, I know the right way to do everything in my business, right? So maybe you come up with the process the first time, but the key is to systematize it. The key is to document the step-by-step -step of how you want things done. And here's the missing ingredient though. Tell your people why you want it done that way. So instead of just saying, I want you to take the best one minute clip of this podcast episode and repurpose it in these areas, tell them like why you want them to do that. Well, I figure if we do this one minute segment, then that's going to give people enough of a taste to then what we ultimately want them to do is go subscribe to YouTube. When you're telling your people why you want them to do something, you're developing their thought leadership now mm. so that they can start to think on their own as an extension of you then they're producing higher quality work as if you were doing it yourself. I literally recorded a batch of short little educational videos. I documented every single thing I wanted a virtual assistant to do on my behalf. 
I would want them to first watch the video. Then I would want them to extract away, like extract out key takeaways. Then I would want them to circle the keywords. Then I would want them to do a little bit of uh, keyword research to figure out what people are searching on the most. I would want them to come up with a title and a description and here's how I would want them to do it and why. And then it would be like repurpose the video into a blog post because I don't want to do that anymore. How do we optimize that for Google? How can we repurpose that to do all of my social media and make it sound like it was Amber doing that social media, even though it really wasn't me there. Mm. How can we repurpose that to send out a weekly email? So did it take me time? Yeah, it took me a little bit of time. I documented out every single detail, sent that to my team, and then I didn't have to worry about it after that. When I explained the why, they just started to pick up on how Amber would do it because I led with that video, they were using my words, my personality and all of the other content. And it just worked like a charm for us. Now it's an incredible leadership tip is explaining the why to people is pretty much the most important part because uh, it gets them bought into what they're trying to do. I'm curious, you know, one of the hardest parts of shooting video, doing blogs, doing emails, everything like that is the content of what you should be talking about. Um, so, you know, our audience is small business owners, real estate agents, insurance agents, you know, a myriad of different industries um, out there. I'm curious, like, as you look at those industries and you think about content, so, okay, I want to shoot video because it's video, 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 and that's how I'm going to stand out. What is the content that you're seeing is resonating with people? Well, I think the safest bet is something education-based, right? Based on the frequently asked questions that your audience wants to know the answers to. That's the easy win. That's the layup. Because when you think about it, your audience is out in Google every single day posing questions. They're wanting to know how to do X, right? So if in your videos you are, at, you are giving them the answers or the tools or the ideas, then you become the hero, right? And now... If you're leading with video, you've had an opportunity to develop this personal relationship, and now they're going to look at what else you have to offer. Um, so that's kind of a safe bet, regardless of what industry you're in. Some industries will have a hard time doing that. So another idea to look at is story-based content, right? So you do have teaching moments within a story. Um, but you might be talking about, hey, I was going out and I was talking to this client about blah, blah, blah. And they had this problem. And this is what, you know, uh, the advice that I gave them. And then they went out and did this other thing. And here was the result of that. Oh, that's a great People idea. love stories. They remember stories. They share stories. And now they're just like embedding you into their brain even further. Um, so it is a form of education, yes, but it's a little bit more entertaining. And you could do one of those two things and it would work really well. I love that idea. I love the idea. Everybody has, especially like in real estate, everybody has a crazy buyer right. or a totally. crazy seller. Totally. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got you don't have story. to mention the name <laughs> of, of uh, people, but yeah. sharing that. Yeah, that's such a great idea. Yeah. Sharing the story and get people engaged because it also gives them a connection to you on your journey and they feel part of your journey in your business and they are subconsciously going, oh, wow, look how Josh treats crazy buyers. And I want to work with someone like Josh who treats you know crazy buyers this way. So very, very interesting there. What about, okay, so marketing, you want to translate this ultimately to transactions, 
Right. So, you know, there's this saying that Ricky Carruth, the guy that we interviewed, says relationships over transactions, which we buy into. It's all about relationships. It's building relationships with people. But those relationships eventually have to turn into transactions because you got to eat. Videos have eventually got to, you know, lead people to wanting to buy from you. In your experience of doing content marketing, how do you get the lead in the door? Well, like, what's the funnel? What is it that you are coaching people or you're seeing from a tip standpoint that you would give to people? Sure. I encourage my clients to think through a customer journey, right? So what the, the exercise is so simple. I don't know why everybody doesn't do it, but you start by listing out all of the ways that somebody might hear about you, right? So they might hear about you from your videos or a podcast or word of mouth or a Google ad. And then once you have this group of people that hear about you, what do you ultimately wish that they would do next? For me, I want everybody to go to my website. That's the only thing I want them to do. Now you're thinking like the options could have been, they go to my Instagram page or they go to my YouTube channel, right? But I want everybody going to my website because that's the hub and heart of everything else that I do. Um, and my personal belief with websites, especially these days, is that they need to be experiential, mm. meaning that when I land, I get to experience you and what makes you unique. So when you look at my ambervillhower.com website, you land and it's this video background and it is so me, you guys. It's like fast beat, tempo, things are moving around <laughs> all over the place. I'm on stage, I'm recording a video, I'm like writing something on my desk. But that's me, right? And if it's a turnoff, you'll bounce out. But most people are like, okay, cool. This, What is this? This is really interesting and different. So now it's like giving people enough of, you, of your uniqueness that gets them intrigued, right? You've passed that first few second test. And then I think to myself, back to the customer journey, well, there's all kinds of things that they could do on my website, but what's the next one thing I wish they would do? For me, there's a video right there at the top center of my website, and I want everybody to watch that video because that video gets you to understand who I am, what I do, who I do it for, how I do it, and what I want you to do next. Mm. So then what do I want you to do next? Ultimately, is I want you to opt in to download my pricing menu. It's this gorgeous 20-page PDF that talks about all of the services that we offer and why they are different, why are they are meaningful. It showcases our pricing, payment plans, testimonials. That is like a salesperson in a sense. Um, my personal approach to business is I want to be fully transparent. I want you to have all of the information up front before you even get on a call with me. Um, there are other brands that are like the opposite of that. But so you have to do you in this process, but gosh, has that worked well for me? For my audience type, they come in, they appreciate that I've told them the process, the pricing, they appreciate that they feel like they've already gotten to know me on that video. So by the time we get to a call, I started closing more than 80% of the time wow. on these calls because they were properly prepared going into it. You're now, a beast. prior That's to that, <laughs> prior to that, it was like 25% of the time. All right. So you're closing at 80%, but 
because you've done this, you know, journey now, this customer journey on your website. But I'm curious, like when you're coaching clients, because it seems really intense. So, so they have to do content, right? And then they have to do this journey. Is there like a formula you follow for the customer journey? Like that's really easy for someone to do. Is it something that's going to take a lot of testing? Like it, just in you growing your business for yourself, has it been something that you've had to really refine over the years or is it something that now you've kind of developed into a process for your clients? Honestly, it was pretty fast and easy. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> that and like that's that. the good thing, right? The like, audience I, is cheering right now. If we yeah. have the sound box. I know. <laughs> like I don't want to overcomplicate anything. Life is complicated enough. So it it's is. like, I am constantly thinking about what's the easier, simpler, better way to do things. Look, you're listening to this podcast, which means you know that your business needs to be on social media, but simply being on social media isn't going to get you sales. You need to be deliberate about what, when, and where you post. To learn how to get the most out of your social media campaigns, check out our ebook, The Relationship Marketer's Guide to Social Media Success. You can download it for free at ReminderMedia.com slash social success. That's ReminderMedia.com slash social success. Take action on this today. So really what's happening is by giving your audience, whomever your prospects are, by giving them some of the information up front, it's actually going to save both of you time in the end, right? Have you seen and your I leads, like this. have your leads yeah, fallen? Ahead. Like have your, have your conversion rate on the page gone down at all? Like the number of leads that you would be getting, has that gone down the, the more information of, you put up front? The number of opt-ins yes. has decreased. Okay but the number of qualified opt-ins has increased, yes. right? Yep. So what happens was I just got rid of all of the fluff. I got yeah. rid of the people that weren't really a fit anyway. I feel like so much of what's being taught right now in the online world is all about list size. The bigger the list size, the more you know yeah. famous you are. Yep. But honestly, I know those people and I know behind the scenes, their lists are not converting as well. Like it's full of people that are like, oh yeah, he's cool, but they're not engaging. I would rather have a smaller list of highly qualified, engaged people that I can actually create transformation with. But that's just me. I mean, to each their own. I think it also depends on the business model itself. Mm. Um, but in general, the simplest way to look at the customer journey is, People are going to be finding out about me somehow. They go to my website and I'm probably going to want to have them do one of two things. I'm either going to want to have them pick up the phone and call me or apply beforehand, some version of calling, or I'm going to want them to join my email list, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, yes, they're going to absorb my video content and check out my blog and my testimonials and all the stuff. But ultimately we want them to pick up the phone and call or join your email list. And that's really the next step of the customer journey. So it's just kind of thinking through like what state of mind would somebody need to be in in order to want to pick up the phone and call me? How could I develop enough trust and transparency on that website to where they would just call me right, right off the bat? And usually it's going to be, you know, you've put some sort of video on your website that builds that trust. Yeah, that's actually a golden nugget right there of the statement of from a marketing perspective. So many people approach approach marketing, sales pitches, everything they do, they approach it from their context, from their what they're trying to get across, what they're feeling. And it's actually the complete opposite is what you need to do. You need to put yourself in the consumer's shoes and you go, if I'm the consumer right now, what causes me to buy? And this is so true, even in like your direct mail, it's like what we teach people with direct mail. Like when your car dealership 
sends you something through the mail. I mean, what do you do with that, right? And why? Like, you've all bought something before. You're all a consumer. <laughs> why do you think they're going to treat you as the real estate agent or you as the financial advisor any different? Like, I heard a great um, example one time on one of our webinars where the person gave the analogy of a garage door salesman. Because you don't hear a garage door salesman very often, right? Yeah. It's not something people talk about in examples. You're no different as a real estate agent. I'm no different as Reminder Media, the marketing company, than someone thinks of a garage door salesman. Right. Like, I mean, in the sense of just like the closeness they have. the sure. like, So you have to put yourself in the context of they don't know you. you, what, are you what do you want them to do? When, and how would you feel when you come to this page? Because that's ultimately what's going to encourage people to take action and actually go onto your email list. I'm curious when you get people on your email list, because this is my natural train of thought. Mm -hmm. Where do you go from there? Well, how many emails do you send them? Yeah. How often are you sending them emails? What does that look like in your journey? We're getting all of your secrets to grow your business. No, I love it. I, <laughs> dude, I love this stuff. You can have it all. Um, no, for me, I think it depends. It's going to be different for everybody. But for me, once a week, every Tuesday, you can get some sort of value, some moment of connection for me. And I really try to make it personal here again. Because what I try to imagine is, okay, Beth, who's on my email list, she's on 50 million other people's email list. She's getting bombarded by, you should do this. And here's another tip and check out my video training series and whatever else you need to do. So I really just sit with that for just a second. And I think, what would I need to experience to actually make my, my email worthwhile? So usually there's going to be some sort of transparent moment where I'm sharing like, uh, like, for example, I just launched a course last week. And so there was this email that went out that was like, gosh, I have to be honest, I'm nervous to send this email right now. And that was the way I started the course launch, you know, and some, that's people, awesome. might think, some people might think that that's a risk, but you know what I say? It's human, yep, right? Yeah. Who does not send that launch email and isn't nervous of what's going to happen next? So I just put it out there. And you know what? As a business owner, as a marketer, there is such freedom in just being honest and real with people. Yeah. The people reading that email, they really appreciate that. Yeah. And so you just, you don't have to overdo it. It's just like simply like I have the guts to be honest with you right now. And it, so that might change, but then I go into some value. So I'm always educational. I'm always inspirational. And I always end with some sort of call to action, something I want them to do. The other piece is that I, I really try to make sure that there's always variety because people naturally pick up on patterns and then they can get bored and they'll disengage. So I'm always trying point. to switch up like little pieces of the format or plug this in or change that out. And it's a simple text email, but it always feels like something new and fresh and original. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great tip. I hope everyone caught that in terms of when writing an email to be human we have seen uh, in our own business such a, a dramatic uh, shift in like email engagement yep. since sending uh, emails from you, Luke. And instead of it being like a company, like 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 welcome, welcome oh. here at Reminder Media, yes, we want correct. to provide you with the best yeah. tools available for your referral and repeat business marketing. <laughs> I love like, the voice too because that's exactly, that's exactly how people what read you it. hear. <laughs> to to just being completely real. As a matter of fact, we had a webinar recently where we had a, uh, an email go out with a typo in the subject line, and the number of people like everyone's like so oh, excited totally. to point yeah. out the typo. Like I'm gonna be the one to let them know that they made a typo. And so the next email was just my embarrassing 
mistake in the last email and it just went into, hey, here's what happened. I was I was debating between these two subject lines. My team switched this one at the last minute because they didn't realize I was trying to do this. And that had so – the amount of people – the number one, the amount of engagement that people actually signed up from the webinar from that email is crazy. And then number two, the amount of people that responded back, like, "Hey, we're all human. You made a mistake. It's okay. It's <laughs> amazing." So awesome. Thank, you, thank to, you, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, short emails. Do you find short emails do well? Like couple sentences. Do you find longer form conversational emails? I'm just curious what you're seeing. Both have worked for okay. me. I'm a, I'm a little long winded when I'm writing. Um, me too. So. I think people might be used to that for now, but for me, I don't really focus on length as much. I focus on, did it matter? You mm -hmm. know, was there real value? Was there some potent punch in the face in that email? And if not, then what am I doing? Am I just wasting their time and mine? Um, so I really like, I check myself before I do send anything out. And I think, was there value in that? Some of my YouTube videos, for example, some are three minutes, some are 20 minutes. So I feel like however long it needs to be to really have the message land and to try to get a transformation to occur, that's my honest advice. I mean, everything is worth testing online, but I've seen statistically both can be successful. So you have to do you. I, I love actually that mindset because it also frees you because yeah. you're in a, you're in a value driven mode. And the hardest part about marketing, I'm sure you can relate to this, Josh, is the, you're just trying to do everything by engagement and statistics that you end up missing out on what you're actually trying to deliver from a value standpoint, where it's like yep. when you study like entrepreneurs and you look at the Russell Brunsons of the world and all these genius marketers out there, they're kind of raw and dirt. Like they don't have the best designs. They don't have the best written right. emails, but they're just doing because mm -hmm. they have a message to share. And we see this on the podcast all the time. That, like when you have a message to share, it just flows. Yeah. And it's just crazy versus the people who are like so prepared. And it's like, it's crazy how the preparedness makes people not relate to you. And the relating is what it's going to drive people to connect. And connection yeah. is what drives people ultimately to want to do something. Well, we had uh, Jill Fanslaw on the podcast. She's with Aweber. She's like their content manager. And mm -hmm. she said she used that acronym ROT, like make sure your email doesn't contain any of this. And it was like mm -hmm. redundant. I can't remember. The, the O is not. I think it's obsolete. Like it's not. It's not. Obvious. Or obvious maybe. or something. And then the last one was trivial, which speaks to what you're talking about, which is if it's trivial, if someone doesn't need it, if it's not providing value, don't send it just so that you have another digital touch. This is a in your major problem plan. in the content marketing world. Like we find ourselves sometimes doing it. It's the there's so many obvious post high principle day, right? things that content marketers and influencers and the Instagrams and the LinkedIn. It's like everybody's posting the obvious trivial stuff, and it's noise. It's like it's a huge problem in the content world right now. It's because it's so yeah, easy. Yeah. And everybody hears what this person, everybody hears what Grant Cardone says or Ed Milet or Tony Robbins or Dean or whatever it is. And they take it and they put it in their soundbite and they say it and it just is a loop. And then before you know it, you're believing this. Yeah. You're like, where did this come from? <laughs> Honestly, and I know this is kind of what's crazy about our world. I actually, I'm only subscribed to one person's email list. Um, I really try to be careful about the input that I have in my mind because I'd rather my content and my delivery be 
as original as it can possibly be. And a lot of times it's like maybe somebody else is saying something similar in a similar way, but to me, it feels very genuine. It feels very authentic and very original I love because that. I clear out a lot of the noise. And it does not mean that I'm not paying attention to what's happening in the world. I have to by nature of what I chose to do for a uh, vocation. Um, but I, I guess I, I, I do it in doses, right? Um, instead of letting it become my mindset and then I can't think creatively for myself. Um, so I definitely think we need to get out in the world and have more conversations and just tap into who we want to be and what's the message that we want to share. Um, I'll give you one other random thing that just came in. I decided to start this Instagram series called Things I Want My Son to Know. And I was really having a hard time with like Insta stories and I knew I should do it. And I, I just wasn't enjoying the process until I came up, up with this idea to do it based around things I want my son to know. So I will pull up my phone and say, you know, what I really want my son to know is to be kind or respectful or thoughtful or funny or whatever it is. And people dig it. It's they awesome. love it. That's a just idea. the title, just the title alone. That's yeah. awesome. And it's like, what the heck does that have to do with websites or book launches? But, you know, when you have space to just think and be yourself, these ideas come through. And I encourage that. And that's what people want from you anyway, not to be a replica of somebody else. I was talking to my brother, Stephen, the other day about this idea of it really, like, what's your value that you are bringing to the table? Like, like so many business owners and and I've gone through this. It's like you get into an industry and you believe there's a right way to do something and you're trying to follow a mold and there's nothing wrong with looking at the people that have gone before you. That's actually wise. That's called wisdom. Right. But yeah. you think there's like, and you start not realizing that you have a specific value proposition that you bring to the table and it's part of who you are. And so often you box yourself in and like, you know, my brother's biggest frustration, he says, people don't problem solve. They don't just think because there's a supposedly a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. <laughs> and you, in literally 99% of people, it feels, it's just like, well, there's a right way to do things. It's just like, no, no, no. What are we trying to practically do here? Like, what, what are we trying, <laughs> trying to practically do? And they go, well, here's how I would do it. Yeah. If, if I'm trying, it's not a right, wrong, who tells me this. It's, it's it, how do I accomplish the goal at hand? And so often people miss out on that. And I think it's a great point to say because that's going to feed your content. Yeah. Like your content is going to flow from that. Once you understand who you are, your authenticity, what your value proposition is, not worrying about what other people are thinking, and you're giving your true self. You can feel it. You can sense it in this interview because we interview a lot of people, Amber, obviously. You can feel the authenticity. It's weird, even though you're on video. Like, you can feel the authenticity. I like you guys so much. (laughs) (laughs) But you can feel the authenticity versus there have been times we have gotten off and gone, ah, that felt felt kind of regurgitated or rehearsed. Right. Right. And that's not a knock on anybody. It's just a reality to help us all realize that. You just got to get comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. You got to get comfortable in your own thoughts. You got to believe in the value proposition that you be- bring you have to, to spend the table. time thinking about it. And then you it's use- not like you don't think about it and don't rehearse it, but yeah. you, have to, you, you, you have to spend time thinking about it and then don't be uh, regurgitated, I guess. It's so who you are. Robotic. Believe in who you are yeah. and then use mediums of distribution, i.e. video, email, the written word, copy, all this stuff to get your message out there. So I love it. Okay, so I got to ask you this question because I love asking this question when people come on the show. 
which is, you know, obviously super successful. I know Cutco because I actually have some sales reps that are very successful for me that were past managers oh, or regional regional people within Cutco. I was telling Josh before we came on that I said Cutco does one thing well because these people, it's like I don't want to say a, I don't want to say it's a cult, right? But it's amazing the it love amazing. the love that people have for Cutco and the self-development. But the reason why I mentioned that is because you obviously were breaking records in Cutco and all this, which is extremely impressive. It's a big company, a lot of salespeople. You've been successful in your life. You've now started your own company. What are the routines? What are the things that you have done that you're looking back now and you go, this is what I do every day, every week, whatever it is that has driven success for me? A great question. I'm a very routine, scheduled, structured person. And I was even before my three-year-old, but now it's like even more so. Um, I actually have a few different routines. It starts with my morning routine where I will wake up around 5 a.m. And it's all about getting my head in the game, getting my mind right. Um, and so usually it's gonna involve working out. Sometimes it's listening to music and just thinking, slowly getting ready. Um, not, I'm never in a rush, not ever. I would rather get up early, take my time. That is impressive. I'm really just thinking through my day, who I am, what's troubling me, what's exciting me, why. And then all of a sudden by, you know, about two hours will pass. And then it's like, go time, get my three-year-old <laughs> up. It's like the bath and the, all the stuff, all the morning routine with him. But by the time I get into the office at nine, I'm prepared for the day mentally. Then I have my day and then I have this like end of work routine. So before I leave to go pick up my son, I have about 30 minutes carved where I'm not like rushing last minute emails and chaos. It's like, okay, this is my time to transition. And what I will do is I will methodically clean my desk. I'll put the post-it notes away, put the pens where they belong. I will pull out my to-do book. I designed my own because I couldn't find one that like really. <laughs> of course you did. That's awesome. Oh, Amber. I know it's ridiculous, right? And so what happens is there's a page for each day. And what I will do is I'll turn the page and I will write out tomorrow's to-do list. That's brain dump everything that's on my mind. I'll prioritize. I'll think about my calls for the day ahead, bird podcast, whatever else that I'm doing, put it right here on my desk. And I walk out. And as I'm walking out, I have a post-it note right by my door that says, what three things did I accomplish today? Because I really want to not always just be thinking about what I didn't accomplish or what's ahead of me. I want to give gratitude for what I got done today. And I want to take a moment. So I'm thinking about that while I'm walking out the door then it's all family time. And the beautiful thing is because I'm not obsessing like, oh, I got to remember this thing for tomorrow. Oh yeah, I got to do this other thing. It's already on my to-do list. So I'm not distracted. I get to just be with family. And then once I put clay down and it's like finally Amber time again, usually I'm exhausted. It's like eight <laughs> o'clock at night. You just go um, to bed. But right before I go to bed, I really just try to get my mind here again in the right place. So I'm thinking about something that's positive. I'm just preparing for rest. Um, I, I, I've been told that if you think about something happy or positive, like that's going to help you process the day as you're sleeping. Hmm. 
And um, I've noticed that ever since I've done that, like I used to have these really nasty nightmares all the time. I don't know why I just did, but I haven't had those in a very long time. That's wow. crazy. And it just, I wake up feeling recharged. I'm ready for the day ahead. And then it just keeps cycling through. I want to try that. I've been having some weird dreams lately. Yeah. Ariel was in my dream recently. We were playing kickball. It, you know what's crazy? Is Producer Ariel was in so, my dream. <laughs> I have so many people from work that end up in my dreams. It's the, it's because obviously I'm. Now, do you do you still have people in your work at work in your dreams when you do that? I work a lot. Yeah, because in my I'm <laughs> I'm going to start actually trying to think happy <laughs> thoughts now. Yeah, no me offense too. to the I people like that at work. Idea. <laughs> okay, well. so what advice then? Here's my last question for you: Is what advice would you go back and give younger Amber, <sighs> knowing what the you know advice? now? Yeah. Um, I would say take more risks sooner is what I would say. Mm. Um, you know, I'm somebody that likes to be very prepared. I'm hyper intentional. Everything I do is very intentional. Um, and so it requires thought, right? Like I want to do good work in the world. I want to be my best self. I want to elevate every experience. Um, but that also can slow things down a little bit. So I think that there are moments in my life that I wish I just would have gone for it. I would have asked that person for what I really wanted the most, you know? Um, I don't know. And who knows? But honestly, guys, looking back, especially in contrast to who I was at a teenager and how lost I was and how scared and lonely I was, things are sitting pretty good right now and i am <laughs> i'm pretty pretty darn happy with everything i've accomplished that's and uh, feel very grateful that's you so awesome be. well thank you so much for being here amber i know your website is ambervillehower.com we'll put that in the show notes but i'll spell it for you as well a m b e r v i l h a u e r.com i got that one right in, as opposed to that um at Luke Acre that I spelled wrong. Yeah, Josh yeah, spelled my name wrong. wrong. It's like so, so much for being BFFs. You know? Actually, I saw that. I actually saw that. You saw that, that clip? Did. You I heard it wrong. <laughs> that was really funny. Uh, what? Anything else? I know that your website, amberbillhower.com, any other sites or social media handles that you want to plug? I'm all over the place. Just Google me. I'm everywhere. So if Instagram's your thing or YouTube's your thing or Twitter's your thing, Obviously, by nature of my my work, I'm everywhere. So I would love to just connect with you. Maybe drop me a note somewhere and let me know an aha that you had as a result of our conversation today, because that. that matters. When you reach out and tell people what made an impression on you, that matters. So whether you do it with me or future guests, just keep using your voice. That's Absolutely. awesome. That. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for listening to dive deeper into this episode. Get all of the links we mentioned. And to see the video, you can go to staypaidpodcast.com. And if you are interested in supporting the show, which I know you are, there are two ways we ask mm. you to do that. Number one, head on over to iTunes, drop us a five-star review, leave a comment. Yes, We're getting low on reviews. I tried to pull some featured reviews for this episode, and there wasn't any to pull. <sighs> Come on, people. Come on, guys, guys, you guys are breaking my heart. <laughs> breaking our hearts. Breaking. You don't want to see Luke Acre cry. It's like ugly crying. I love the tip. Go uh, leave leave a comment on the review of what you learned. Let's, yeah, an aha moment that you yeah. pulled from this show. I love that. Uh, the best way to uh, support the show is to tell a friend about us. Share it on your social media. Let other people know about it. We're trying to get to that number one spot in iTunes. So share, share, share. If you want to get hold of what's me or the, Luke. What's the highest we've been? 23. 23? I thought it was 22. In marketing. It's the classic sales guy exaggerating. I, I think I it's said 23. It's 23 and once. I'm like, 22. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you do want to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or you can find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. There's so many golden nuggets, but I want to give you guys an action item that I think is super easy and really something unique. I actually want to try it for ourselves is the idea of filming a video of a story about one of your clients, whether it's a testimonial or like a journey you went through with them, especially, man, if you're in finance right now and the market is doing what it's doing and everything like that, I mean, I'm sure you're getting so many client stories (laughs) that you can share and how you help people through this time. Or if you're dealing with a crazy buyer or whatever it is, pull out that video and literally tell Tell that story. story. Tell that story and now you have an incredible piece of content from a video perspective, and then turn that video into an email. Mm-hmm. Turn that video into an email and send it out through email and practice that repurposing. That is an incredible action item that all of you can do this week. It's not hard. Pull out your video camera. Pull out your, your video camera. Do people even have video cameras anymore? Your camcorder. Your, your VHS camcorder. Your VHS. Strap no, it on your, your shoulder. Pull out your cell phone. Ariel's laughing around. Pull out your cell phone. Film that video. And start sending that out to your people. I want to try that this week with the company. So remember, guys, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every industry that we've worked in is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 